the ministry of the Holy Spirit out of John chapter 14. Next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. As the human race goes, we're pretty empty. Empty of life, that is, true life, eternal life, sustaining life. And God, in His graciousness and kindness towards us, fills us with His life. It's the Holy Spirit's filling ministry. That's what we're looking at today on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. Hi, welcome to our program. Please join us here in John chapter 14 as we see God graciously ministering to us through his own spirit. With this edition of Truth For Today, Pastor Phil Howard. He was always addressing early Christians about sexual matters because they were uh, pagan Gentiles. They didn't grow up under the law. And, and in uh, Greek philosophy, the body uh, was uh, usually uh, either seen as evil or neutral, and what you did with the body didn't matter. Sex to the Greeks was like drinking water. There were no boundaries. Uh, many times you'd have many concubines. They assumed if you were a man of money, you always had an extra woman on the side. You had a mistress. Uh, there were just no boundaries. Women could uh, hardly get a divorce, only the men and so, uh, sex was like America. Just have a glass of water. It didn't care. Have sex. It didn't matter if you get pregnant, you get an abortion. Uh, we've come full circle in 2,000 years. We're right back because we're thrown off Judeo-Christian ethics. We're back to the Greek world that there are no boundaries. And, and uh, this is what he's dealing with in all these churches. They're sleeping with whoever. They're sleeping at the temple. Uh, sex does not matter. It's a part of the body. Do whatever you want. And uh, there's no religious authority. Nobody we know of says this is wrong. He's saying, don't throw your body into sex. Don't go have sex with a prostitute at the temple of Aphrodite. God cares what you do with your body now that you're a believer. You're divine property, and he doesn't want you sleeping with anybody but your wife. That's what he's saying. And without well, you say, oh, no big deal. You don't have to define this. Oh, yes, you do. They really had to have it defined. Don't get involved with other folks. Two, impurity. And the word impurity comes from a word to soil or to make dirty. It was used of a dirty room, dirty cloth. But then it came over in uh, morality, uh, that which is dirty, vile, uh, uh, just vulgar, uh, always a innuendo, usually in the sexual arena, dirty jokes, Dirty comments, it, that whole, the soiling, the, the dirty mind going all the time. Sensuality, uh, the old King James called it lasciviousness. Most of us can't spell it, let alone say it. Uh, it meant uh, indecent, no attempt to hide your shame was the idea. Uh, unbridled lust, go public. I'm going to do it in public. Uh, I want to make love in the park. I want to run through the park naked. Uh, uh, I, I'm going to uh, sex text. I'm going to send my naked body to uh, all my uh, boyfriends. 
on my pews. It doesn't matter if everybody in the world sees me naked. What's the big deal? I'm sexting. Uh, shed the clothes, get rid of it. Go to the mall. I've seen guys at the mall. Been there. You can't believe it. Clothes so low on their hips, you see a G-string. Ha! None of your business. Get over it, old man. It's just where we're going to dress. I just want to go up and boom. <laughs> let's play. Let's do a little slingshot here, honey. Boom. I'm relevant. Get over it. When were you born? None of your business. What are you dressing like that for? It's none of your business. This is my body, but this is the mall. And I'm with a granddaughter. I'm with a grandson. Do you have to do this here? It's none of your business. Oh, man. I want to get fleshly. Well, moving right along. Two religious sins, idolatry, sorcery. And the idolatry of the day were, were temples. For sure, they were everywhere. The idea was translated in the realm of uh, our inner thought life. Uh, you just got to look at it. Turn to Colossians. Collisions 3.5. You there? Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. I'm still thinking about that G-string. It's got me up my mind. Uh, uh, therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead, and that means unavailable, to immorality, impurity, see our same words, passion, that's our word pathema, uh, moods, strong desires, and greed. And greed here is the word uh, covet, which is idolatry. So it moves it from just being an image that you bow before to an inner attitude, I want it so bad, I'll do anything to get it. And thus it becomes your God. If that same desire was transferred to the true and living God, it would be wonderful. I want you. I want to worship you. I want to serve you. I can't get enough of you. You, you get all of me. But then you transfer it to something else. I want you a person, possessions, power, whatever. I want it. I, I got to have it. I, 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 I'm panting for it. He said, that's your God. You're an idolater. You give all your passion, thoughts, and ambition to a filthy substance called money, and you don't give any of that energy to your God. If you're loving anything more than you're loving God, that's your God. Your job, I think of our youth, peer pressure. Oh, I want to be accepted by the crowd, accepted by the crowd, accepted by the crowd. Do you want to be pleasing to God? And when you get in that frame of mind, you learn an old song that an old man, that you better not call me that or I'll just smack you. Uh, I learned when I was a kid, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Take this whole world. Hey, peers, it doesn't matter what you say. I'll take Jesus over you any day. 
Richmond High is having their 50th class reunion. And I'm in it, you know. Am I going? I have no inclination unless I get to preach to them all. <laughs> all those peers I broke from at high school that were screwing the girls, getting drunk every weekend, and going to Vietnam and all that. I, 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 I was alone through at Richmond High because I read my Bible, living for God, quit dating girls, and so lonely, you know, so hard to break. Man, I start seeing these pictures when they invite. I said, is this my class? What done happened to that face? <laughs> Where some of them Vietnam were killed. Some of them died of this. Yeah, it's okay, they're people. But I don't have a great, great desire because I was the least known guy on campus because I'm in church every night. I'm hanging out with this guy called Jesus. I just wanted to know him. I didn't care if I ran with the popular crowd. I wanted to be popular with God. Idolatry. Who gets the most of you? That's your God. Money? Your time? Your body? Where is your body? What's it invested in? You? He goes on to relational sins. I'll have to move here. The first one is enmities. Enmities just simply means hate. Uh, people hate. We hate each other. Uh, do you think there's any hate in our area? Can you get killed in South Richmond? For what? Everything. Uh, maybe a little bit of crack. A little bit of meth. Uh, but you might be just standing in the wrong place because we got five-year-olds getting killed. Why would you do kill a five-year-old? Well, the boy packing the gun a lot of times, his dad, he doesn't know who he is, kept his mom pregnant and beat her up a lot, and he's out of the picture. So he sure hates the man that abandoned the family. He maybe hate this, maybe hate his mom who got struck out on drugs because she's trying to get over this guy that's the father that beat her up all the time, so she went to booze and drugs. Hey, I'm talking about a culture. If it bothers you, I'm sorry. This is where we live. And so there's a lot of hate. And a 14-year-old boy with a gun can kill you and not think a thing about it. Why? He's full of hate. Anybody being killed in the world? I just saw in Nairobi, we're at the uh, mall. They killed, what, 39? Guys running into Al-Qaeda. Just killed a bunch of shoppers there in Nairobi. Uh, someone, uh, just some suicide bombers killed 19 in Iran. And another, it was a Shiite meeting. They killed them. Anybody being killed in Afghanistan? Anybody being killed in Syria? Oh, let's talk about the Stalin. I believe he killed 50 million Russians. His own people after World War II. The reward of fighting the Germans and winning? I'll kill 50 million of you. Have you heard of hate? Have you heard of divorce? He said the flesh. The flesh can hate another person in a moment. I hate you. And matter of fact, Jesus said, hate is equal to murder. If I could, I would eliminate you. Some of us don't do the act. Boom. But in our mind, we write them off. I'm done. That scares me that I have that potential. If I don't walk in the spirit. Because the flesh, that's what he wants you to do. 
That's why some people never forgive. So I'm not forgiving. Why aren't you forgiving? Because I hate them. Strife. Right out of the text. Strife means contentious temper. It's that line they said, did you wake up grumpy? And the wife said, no, I let him sleep in. Uh, it's the idea, uh, you don't need an issue. It's always debating to debate. You're contentious. Uh, we know if we have any dealings with you, it will not go easy because you're just contentious. You, you, you want to go back and forth. Then the word jealousy uh, is a tough word because of envy and jealousy overlap. But it means zealous, and it means to pursue anything, uh, to do anything to get what you want, even if resenting what the other person has. And envy's in the same category. Jealousy. Uh, th that's why people who have anything are careful about who they run with. Because if this guy is way up here socially, economically, not many people here can rejoice over what they have. They resent it or, you know what, I'm just as good as you. Why don't I have what you have? And so you find people of means usually have to, they pick who they run with and they usually have the people in that category because it's hard to share your victories and your blessings with everyone because not everybody will rejoice with you. What is it? Jealousy, envy. Uh, he goes on to say anger. Uh, we were at a counseling seminar this weekend uh, that a bunch of us went to. And the most common book they say they, anyway, that Steve Mahorder said he handed out to people, the most common book he uses in counseling is Anger and Stress Management. Anger and, uh, and this word here for anger is the word uh, to boil. It's an explosive anger. It's an out-of-control anger. There's another Greek word for anger used in Ephesians 4.31. It's orge, and it means a settled state of anger. Some people just stay mad. They just, they're mad about life or whatever. But this anger is an explosive, destructive kind of anger. I mean, you just go off. And he said, it's a work of the flesh. So is the settled anger. Which comes according to Ephesians. It comes because you're grieving the spirit. Because you're refusing to deal with sin. And you're refusing to forgive. You, you become a bitter person. You hold it over. And you're just mad. You're just negative about life. And it's a work of the flesh. It doesn't come from the spirit. The spirit makes you positive. It gives you hope, love, and joy. Have any of you ever heard of that? It comes from the Holy Spirit, not a bonus. It comes from the Spirit. Uh, disputes, he goes on. Uh, and this word disputes uh, is from a word that means self-seeking. It was used as a day laborer to earn wages. It was used of a woman who sold her body as a prostitute. And the idea is, I will sell myself out to gain the advantage I want, economics. And this word here is, uh, I will uh, campaign and sell myself out to get what I'm campaigning for. I won't stop. And so, don't get in a dispute with them. 
I just saw a few nights ago, I don't know if it was 60 minutes or whatever. Did any of you see it? The neighbors from hell. Okay. And here you actually had a guy that makes, that's the name of his, of his corporation, whatever. He, like a lawyer, he comes in and settles disputes between neighbors to get them to get along. I mean, they got surveillance cameras on each other. It's just, and uh, once again, this hate, anger, strife. Uh, I mean, going on all the time. And uh, I, we just dealt with a pastor recently, a small church, uh, less than 50. I said, how's the church going? He said, man, we're, we're having tough times. I said, what is it? What is it? He said, well, there's two other men in the church that think they ought to be elders, and they're biblically not qualified. Their lives don't match up. And so now we're in a three-way power struggle. I said, how many are you running? About 25, 30. You're already in a power struggle with less than 25 people. <laughs> I said, what about a prayer meeting? What about a booming Bible study? How about uh, we're learning the Word? No, no, no. We got three studs wondering who's going to be in charge. They need a lightning meeting where two of them die. <laughs> and God makes it obvious who he wants to lead. None of you have been in churches that strive with each other. Are you kidding? We've had our seasons of it. Just the rumor mill, undercurrent. The flesh will destroy this church or any other church. If the flesh gets in control of you and you get your way, it's why if you come to this church, we don't plan to let you run it. We're asking godly elders to help lead it, and you're glad you're going to attend all you want, but you can't run it, and we will stand up against you. The unity of the faith and the gospel demands that godly men protect the flock from those that want to fight all the time. You ought to say, amen, you better. If you were in a fighting church, you know I'm telling you, I'm saying something to save your neck. And most of you don't have a clue because you've been protected by godly men under the lordship of Christ. But we are as vulnerable. If we become a flesh-centered church, it's going to be a debate, a fight, a confusion. Say, where's the fruit of the Spirit? Where's this contagious love, joy, peace? I don't have it. I'm over here carrying out the despicable nature of sin within. Are all believers spirit-filled? Are you kidding? Why do I have to ask you? Dissensions. The word dissensions means to cut in two. And where God's told us to keep the unity of the faith, the flesh always wants to cut people off. Cut it up. Break it up. Uh... The maverick spirit uh, always can never do anything as a team, can never build unity because they're always outside criticizing or they got a better way. They're mavericks. They always cut off. They're, they're above the whole. Never can you build a wholesome team because they've got an incorrigible spirit. It, they're probably unsaved if they stay that way long or they need God's gentle rebuke. Repent. This is the wrong spirit. This doesn't come from the Holy Spirit. Well, he goes on to talk about envying, longing with resentment over what others have. Longing with resentment. Drunkenness, uh, fairly explanatory. 
coming under the control and influence of strong drink. It's amazing how many young people become drunks before they're out of college. It's a fact. We think alcohol's gone by the way of drugs. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, most college scenes that I've heard of say the first two to three years is only the party scene. And uh, hopefully you may get sober by your junior, senior year, and you might pass. First two years is stay drunk and sleep with as many girls as you can. And we wonder why we tremble when we send kids off to secular schools. That's the campus environment. Wake up, smell the coffee. That's what's going on. That's why if I had uh, $100 million, I would put up money for every kid in our church that wanted to go to a Christian college. Because I want to protect them. Uh, then he says the word carousing. Uh, carousing was partying at nighttime. Nighttime partying. See, it's nice as you get older. There's not enough energy to party at night. <laughs> so this is for you young people. You know, don't you love nighttime partying makes it better. I throw a party about eight. I go to bed. <laughs> See, I'm not dangerous. No, no danger. But man, if you add darkness, you add, you know, environment. Hey, Let's carouse tonight. And the, basically, booze, drugs, whatever. It's just not, it was used of uh, parading through the street at nighttime. And uh, a lot of times, heckling, rivalry, all that stuff. And said, so, uh, carousing, just the party spirit. Let's go party all weekend. Let's raise hell. Okay. Uh, how long you been a Christian? I'm about three weeks, but let's raise hell anyway. See, my speech doesn't bother young people. They hear it worse every day, right? So you better say yes, young people. But I tell you, I'm not raising hell. I'm trying to raise heaven. You run the juice for the Jesus, and we say, we go out, and they have a deal. Uh, it's go to heaven. They got a little track. Go to heaven. That's what we're about. Now, I ask you, what work of the flesh Keep stumbling you. Now, if, if this list isn't enough for you, go to Romans 1. He has 31 things there. If that's not good, good enough, go to Romans 3. He's got another list of 14 things. Our dirty mouth, our bloody feet. It goes on. The sin nature. How do we deal with it? He's told us in the word, we must put it to death. And when I'm tempted to sin, this is what I do. Who owns my body? That's the first thing. And according to Romans, I'm joined to Christ. My body is at his disposal. Now, if you're not at God's disposal, you're easy to pick off. Because you're just hanging out, waiting for something to bait you. But when you're already giving yourself to God, it's one of the greatest fortifications against sin. Some of you are just prime targets for the devil to pick up. You don't serve. You don't pray. You don't have devotions. You don't. Guess what? The next thing we're going to hear of what sin you're doing. Can't. Because you got to do something with the same body. What are you doing? Where are you serving? Show up. Your life's not your own, is it? Some of you, even you don't. You're terrible models. You don't do anything in this church but endure the sermons. You think that's your spiritual service. What's God doing with your body? What's he doing through you? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm cranky. When are you going to repent? See, you don't have to go out and commit adultery to be after the flesh. 
Just these relational sins. Cranky, dissensions, strife. Do you ever bring peace? Do you ever say anything good about the church? When I went to churches, I never would get with the crowd that ran down the pastor. And I always sat within the first four rows because I didn't want to know what the last row was talking about. Sorry, Bev and Don. But I wanted to be up front where I could hear the word, where I could pray, and I don't want to be... And kids, I love it you sat in the front. Get in the front all you want. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time together has come to a close here, but as we leave you, we'd like to do so with our address and phone number if you'd like to contact us, and we would love to hear from you. You see, Truth For Today airs here on KFAX in part through financial partnerships with our listeners, such as yourself. If the Lord is prompting you to make either a one-time gift or be a monthly donor, we would love to hear from you. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. Please take a moment and contact us at 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. And as our way of saying thank you for your partnership with us, we'll make you a TFT sustainer, which includes our quarterly newsletter, a -a once-a-year special gift. Take a break with Pastor Phil, the weekly video devotional, into your email box every week. Again, it's all part of our TFT Sustainers Package. Contact us and learn more at 855-833-9864 or simply stop by our website, valleybible.org. And you can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. As you stop by our website, valleybible.org, please remember other resource materials are available there. Other series is taught by Pastor Phil, some of the books that he's authored. You can also find out about Valley Bible Church, who we are and what we believe, how to get here, times that we worship, and you're more than welcome to join us. Again, you'll find it all at valleybible.org. Stop by and pay us a visit. Then drop us an email and let us know you did pay us a visit. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.